I've heard it. You've heard it. It's time for a new beginning. Time to start a fresh page or paint a new picture with our life. Sounds great, in theory, but it can seem impossible. Life is messy. The lines have gotten blurred. Maybe we just don't know where to start. We look at the canvas of our lives and see mistake after mistake after mistake. It's overwhelming. When I look at my life with these messy lines and scribbles, it makes me think, is this as good as it gets? There's no eraser that can make this life make sense. But what if? What if there was someone that could make sense of our mess? They could take all our scribbles, all our mistakes, all our missed opportunities, and make them into a masterpiece. And then I remember, there is Jesus. He gives us a new life. Every day is new. Every day is a blank canvas full of possibility and promise. He takes our canvases, our lives that have been filled up with shortcomings, secrets, tragedies, and embarrassments, and he helps them make sense. When I look at the canvas of my life and I see nothing but disorder and chaos, I have to remember this. God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. And you know what? He wants to take my hand and bring peace to the canvas of my life. So as we seek to make our mark, let us give God all our scribbles, all our mistakes, all our hurts, and trust that he will turn our messy lives into a masterpiece. His masterpiece. Good morning, church. Hey, thank you guys for being here today. What a joy it is to come with you every first day of the week and worship our risen Savior, to know that we have that hope that he gives to each and every one of us uh, in this life. And we want to share that story of hope with those around us. And so we live our lives to give God glory in everything that we do and we say. Uh, Again, thanks for being here to be an encouragement to one another in that storytelling, but also just as we journey together as the people of God. We want to say a welcome to our guests that are here this morning. Thank you for joining us, being a part of Crosspoint today. Uh, It's always uh, exciting to meet new people, and our hope, of course, is if you're looking for a church home today, you could say you found it. We'd love for you to be a part of our spiritual family right here at Crosspoint. All of us know that we're broken people who need a Savior, and we've surrendered our gift sets to God. And we say, God, use us in your story how you see fit. And so we're inviting you to join us in that storytelling. We uh, have a great number of ministries here that you can get involved in. Check the bulletin for ways that you can find your passion and get involved in telling that story of God. One of those ways is uh, June 4th. Cale told us about it uh, during the announcement time. But I want to remind you, please put that on your calendar. June 4th, we're just going to take a sliver of your day from 8 o'clock in the morning to noon. And we're going to gather first here and then head on over to Fish Creek Park. And we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community in which we live. Uh, And so we're asking family units to come in and be a part of that. Uh, And I hope that you'll join us June 4th. Uh, That's this coming weekend. Hard to believe June's already here, basically upon us. 
uh, as we just go out into the community outside of these four walls and uh, do what Jesus would do, and that's help other people. Uh, We're going to be continuing our study on temptation today. We're in week number three, and we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 again. Uh, Text will be on the screen, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation when we do get there. We're going to look at some other text as well. So you might uh, kind of mark, if you will, the book of Galatians uh, and also Romans. We'll be there in just a little bit. But uh, it's incredible as we kind of look at how temptation works in our life, and all of us deal with temptation. There's no one that is exempt. Every single one of us have to deal with it in our life. But before we get into how the Holy Spirit works through this process today, let's take a look at our text as we begin together. First chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 10. Paul says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand, and when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, Paul reminds us here in this text that every single one of us are going to deal with temptation. No one is exempt. And so I'm curious, I don't know about you, about how the Holy Spirit leads us through that process. How can we lean into the power that he has within us to overcome what Satan puts in our way and tempts us with? Because we definitely want to overcome maybe anger issues that you've got in your life, some emotional things happening. And and maybe you blow up every time somebody steps on your toes and that's the temptation for you. Maybe for you it's a sexual sin. And you find yourself uh, on that website after everybody's gone to bed uh, at your home. And you don't want to be there, but it's that temptation that kind of keeps knocking at your door. Maybe for you it's overeating. And you've got that second helping on your plate or maybe that second piece of pie in front of you. And you're thinking, man, I wish I could just stop. Maybe it's gossip because you don't want anyone to get ahead of you in life. You look at your own life and how other people are exceeding and so you begin to spread gossip. You criticize and you pull those people down. Or maybe in your own life, it's just lying because you really want to be larger than life. And so you kind of create a story about yourself that's, that's really not true. We go through each and every one of these uh, temptations and you and I deal with whatever is your particular thing. And I may have mentioned it, I may have not. I don't know about you, but there are moments in time when I've had temptation in my life, and I think, if I could just not think about that temptation, maybe it would go away. And what happens when we tell ourselves not to think about that particular temptation? We think about it, don't we? I'll give you a case in point. Uh, There have probably been times in your life, I know in mine, when I had a big event the following day. Maybe I had a flight to catch, I was traveling, going somewhere, maybe I was meeting uh, some friends for some, some special moment. And I would go to bed that night, and it was coming really early, and I'd say, okay, I need to go to sleep. (laughs) I need to go to sleep. And you're telling yourself you need to go to sleep, and you won't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. Temptation is a lot like that. We tell ourselves, listen, I don't want to think about that particular emotion that I'm hung up on, or that website, or that person that's at the office who I allow to flirt with me. Whatever the temptation may be, I don't want to think about that, but we find ourselves more times than not thinking about the temptation. I'll give you a case in point. We're going to really, I need your help this morning. We're going to kind of try this out. And so I'm going to ask each and every one of you to close your eyes, if you would, and just bow your head for a minute. Close your eyes. Everybody play along. Nobody's looking at each other. And I'm going to say two words, and I want you to do your very best not to think about what I'm going to say. Pink elephant. Now open your eyes. Now, whether you played along or not, my guess is you're seeing a pink elephant. 
Because that's how powerful our train of thought is. We don't want to think about temptation. And yet, here we are thinking about temptation. It is tough. And I've kind of been forthcoming with my um, addiction to ice cream before bed, right? Or donuts or whatever might be on your plate. And you try to move around that, but there are moments in life when you just fall into whatever Satan is dangling in front of you. But Paul has some interesting things to say about the Holy Spirit and how the power of the Holy Spirit, if we tap into it, can help us overcome whatever Satan is throwing your way. Paul wrote a letter to several churches in the Galatia area, and I want to read this morning Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 16 and then 17. Paul says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Paul says, I'm quite aware of the battle going on within each one of us who call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ. There is the sinful side, there is the fleshly side that Satan knocks on that door each and every day and tries to pull us away from the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. And then there is the side of us who's made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, and that battle ensues each and every day. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16 broke all temptations really down to three things, really. He said, you've either got the flesh of the, the, the the lust of the flesh, you've either got the, the eyes taking everything in or it's the pride of your own success in life. Those three things are what we can kind of compile everything into. The apostles knew what temptation was about as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Paul was like this super Christian, that he was a super apostle, that he kind of had all of his ducks in a row that really, man, if I could do the things that Paul had done in his life, man, I may have arrived. I mean, he did some pretty incredible things. But Paul writes the church in Rome, and he knows these disciples as well as everybody else is dealing with temptation. He wants to make us aware of what's going on in his own life. So take a look at Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and following. Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I love God's law with all of my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave 
to sin. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Paul comes right alongside us and he says, listen, I struggle with temptation the same as everybody else. It is a battle and a war within me. And it doesn't matter if you are a sophomore in high school. It doesn't matter if you're in junior high or if you are uh, an owner of the AARP card. It doesn't matter. Satan's coming after you. And Paul says, listen, I understand, but understand this at the beginning of chapter 8. Paul says, know this, that if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Amen to that. I mean, know that we have Christ within us. His blood washes us each and every time we fall. But we get back up and we continue to try the journey that we're on with Christ by our side, the Holy Spirit living within us. Paul basically says this. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies. Paul says we need to understand and know that we need to feed the Spirit of God within us, and we need to starve temptation that is going on in our life. Because see, in temptation, what happens is we we try it the first time. It's exciting. It's a thrill. It's fun. Of course, we feel regret afterwards. But the next time we fall into temptation... We've got to have a bigger hit the next time in order to get the same feeling we had the first time. And it's, a, it's an endless cycle of falling into that because we need it bigger and bigger. The first century church had a, a group of very interesting folks. They wrote a lot that we have in the Bible and a lot that we don't have in the Bible. They lived holy lives. They tried to, just like we do, with the Holy Spirit living within them. But second, third, and fourth century were were racked by this very interesting movement called the ascetic movement. Some folks call them the desert fathers, the desert mothers. And basically, these guys and gals wanted to get away from temptation. So what they did is they they moved out into the desert, away from society, out of town, and they lived in a cave. And they had some fundamental principles of life that they wanted to really hone in on in order to be the person God called them to be. So First thing they did was move away from society, from the visual temptations that might be around them. And then they, they enjoyed the stillness of life, just being in the presence of God and feeling the Holy Spirit in their life. They really studied and became understanding of what it means to be a loving person, to look like Christ, and to have forgiveness for those who may have done you wrong. And they immersed themselves in Scripture. And they felt because they were living this lifestyle that it was really removing them from the possibility of temptation. Now, I'm not advocating that we move out to West Texas and find us a cave. It's not what I'm advocating. But we may think about the metaphor in that for us. What is it going to take for you and I to really fall in love with Jesus so that our life reflects that love? And it leads us to the question that we'll kind of harp on the rest of this morning or short time that we have together. And that is, how do we empower the Holy Spirit to release us from the power of temptation in our life? How does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? And there's two things that we're going to take a look at this morning. The very first thing is this, that we need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. That if you're anything like me, then you're probably trying to do a lot of it on your own. I mean, I can just pull myself up with my bootstraps and make it happen, right? Because I'm a tough guy. I'm knowledgeable. I seem to be wise at times. 
I can make this happen. But we need to pour into and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It can be confusing at times as to what the Holy Spirit is or how he works. When Jesus, in his last moments on earth, John chapter 16, he's standing with his disciples on that mountaintop, and they're begging him not to go. Please don't leave us here alone. And Jesus says, listen, it's better that I go now because when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to live within you and guide you and help you discern the life that God's calling you to live. Now, most of us that have kids have had the moment where we dropped a child off at daycare or maybe we were leaving for a day or an extended weekend. And that child kind of clung onto our leg and was whining and crying, please don't go. And what have we said at times? Hey, it's better that I go ahead and get out the door because that's going to mean I get back sooner. And Jesus is saying that to his disciples and says that to us today. It was better that he go ahead and take off and begin his journey to create a place for us, but he didn't want to leave us empty in the interim. And so he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within each one of us. So the question then remains, so what does the Holy Spirit do in my life? How does he operate in my life? And one of the things that he does is that he convicts us of sin. He motivates and moves us to realize what we're doing in our life that's against God's will. Now, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but there are moments when temptation happens, when we lean into sin, when we fall into that temptation, so to speak. In the, mo- in the moment, it may be thrilling, it may be exciting, but right afterwards, there is guilt, there's remorse There's, I'm sorry, I wish I had never done that. You see, that's the Holy Spirit working in our life to say, you made a poor choice. You need to think again the next time that thing comes back around. The Holy Spirit also comforts us when we are hurting. No doubt you've had moments in your life where you have prayed through an event Maybe a surgery, maybe some healing process going on. Maybe you've prayed for relationships or family members. I know Robin and I, we have been and will continue until our last days to pray for our two boys, that they'll be men of God, that they'll think wisely, that they'll discern life wisely. But recently, we've gotten to a peace in that prayer life because we've given them to God. Not that we'll stop being their parents, that we'll stop praying for them. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is now I've got comfort in that process, and that's the Holy Spirit comforting me, saying, God's got this. He's got them in the palm of his hand. The Holy Spirit also counsels you. And so there are moments in your life where you're thinking through, what's the best decision here? What what direction should I go? What fork in the road should I take? And as you're meditating on that, as you're thinking through that, as you're reading God's word, as you're praying and talking to others, the Holy Spirit is helping you figure out what you need to do in that process. And attached to that idea is that he will guide you into truth. So in the moment, what is truth in this moment? What decision should I make? And he nudges us closely to the direction God wants us to go. The Holy Spirit is powerful, supernatural in our life, living within us, guides and directs us and protects us along the way. And I want to say this morning too, I've said it before, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is he. It is God's spirit indwelling within each and every one of us. And it is powerful. 
More power than you and I could ever possibly hope to muster against the enemy. But so many times, we're doing battle with the enemy on our own, and we cannot be successful on our own. We've got to lean into the power of the Spirit in these moments. Paul says something in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. Paul says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And Paul says, listen, we are not obligated to listen to what Satan is offering us to lean into whatever contract he says will make us happy. And the Spirit helps us combat those moments when temptation comes our way. We're under no obligation to be angry every time somebody steps on my toes. I'm under no obligation to cave in to a sexual sin. I'm under no obligation to be talking about other people, tearing them down. And speaking wrongly about them. I'm under no obligation to take that drink or to deal in substance abuse or to be constantly on social media and attached to my phone as if it were a bodily appendage. No, I'm under no obligation, Paul says, to cave into any temptation that Satan sends our way. And let's be honest. Initially, at least, sin is fun, right? I mean, we, we wouldn't have a problem with temptation if it wasn't some level of fun, right? The problem is, is when we cave into that, when we accept that as Satan's tease, if you will, we fall into that, eventually it becomes very messy. And it will mess your life up. But that's how Satan begins with us. That's how he operates. I used to be a rebellious boy way back in the day when I was a younger man. Robin might disagree today, but I'm different. That used to work against me, but that mentality today helps me with Satan because I know what he's doing. I don't always, I'm not always successful, but I know what he's doing, so I have the ability to say, nope, I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's at all what you're describing. It's not going to be like that at all. Matter of fact, it's going to end up messy, so I'm not going to go down that road. And in our temptations, it ends up being slow and gradual until one day you wake up and you are hooked, whatever that looks like in your life. You see, sin ends up killing marriages. Sin kills the relationships that you have with your children. Sin will eventually kill your relationship that you have with Jesus Christ if you let it. And sin will take your job and your money And it won't even think about the collateral damage that it's causing. Satan will laugh all the way to our utter destruction. It starts out as a thrill, but it will end up messy. When we don't follow what God's called us to do and to be. I remember when I just left home, started out as a young man in life, long before I'd met Robin. I decided to live in the world, and I was having a lot of fun on some weekends and spending money really I didn't have. And I remember one day I came home from work and uh, went to my house, and the electricity wouldn't work because the electric company had turned it off. 
and I lost some things in the refrigerator I had with my hat in my hand, call the electric company and beg them to turn my electricity back on. And they said, well, if you have this much money, we'll turn it back on for you. I happen to have just that amount, and they did that for me. Why, why that story? Again, sin will take everything from you and not care about you at all. But when we lean into the Holy Spirit, great and mighty things happen in the story of God. What did we just read in Romans chapter 8, verse 13? Through the power of the Spirit, you will live. Paul reminds us that we have this exciting thing living within us. It is the Spirit of God. And plugging into that supernatural force will help us overcome temptation when it comes our way. And we try numerous different ways to defeat our temptation. And I want to give you just one that exists here at Crosspoint. It's called CR, Celebrate Recovery. We've got a lot of folks who are attending that ministry. It's a great, small, defined place where you can talk about what you struggle with without worry of people snickering or laughing or telling the person next to them. No, it's a, it's a private thing where you can talk about where your struggle is, how you can move past that struggle. That ministry is heavily fortified with the Holy Spirit. You'll get to say, listen, I admit that I'm powerless over whatever your thing is, your temptation, but I understand and know the power of God in my life to overcome that particular thing. You and I have to remember that we are only as strong as we are honest with ourselves. And if we're sitting there this morning and we're saying, I don't have any problems, first red flag. Every single one of us deal with something in our life. We need the Holy Spirit and his strength to combat temptation as it comes our way. The second thing that we need to remember is that we need to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our life. That the Holy Spirit moves us and nudges us toward what God really wants for us in our life. I mean, take a look again at the letter to the Galatia churches. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Paul says, listen, when you made a decision to surrender yourself to Jesus Christ, when you put him on in baptism, and now the Holy Spirit lives within you, you took the things, the desires of your physical life, and they were nailed to the cross. Jesus Christ took care of them. So lean into the Holy Spirit. Let him lead you down the road where you need to be to glorify God in your life. And so you may ask this morning, so if we're to keep in step with the Spirit, like Paul's called us to do, how do I keep in step? And we talked about these things two weeks ago. But you and I have to make a decision in our life. And it is a decision that you and I must make each and every day. You and I can rationalize and and we can make deals with whoever about, man, our schedule is too full. I have to get up too early, I'm traveling, I'm on vacation this week. We can rationalize just about anything, but you and I have to make a decision that we are going to be in the Word of God each and every day, that we are going to be in God's Word and let that wash over us. Let God speak to us through His Word. Let Him open doors and windows for us, maybe, maybe doors and windows that we've never seen before, to meditate upon that. 
And just to sit in the stillness of who God is calling us to be. The second thing is we need to be in prayer each and every day. We've got to have that relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, calling on him to fortify us, to to make us the person he's called us to be. And so in your own life, maybe you've heard, "Mm, I really need to go help this person. That's the Holy Spirit moving you to go help this person. Maybe you've felt a call to serve in a certain ministry or to go help on a certain thing. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life to move you in a certain direction. Maybe, maybe there's something that dominates your life in your home and you finally realize that and you sell whatever that thing is. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you to make room, more room, for God in your life. I want to be that person who becomes so full of what matters that I don't care about the things that don't matter anymore. That's the type of person I want to be. And I know that's the type of person the Holy Spirit is calling us to be as well. I don't know about you. I've uh, lived a, a rough life at times. But I look back on my life and I think, you know, I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm closer to God now than I've ever been before. I'm not perfect. I still at times concede, unfortunately, to temptation. I'm not perfect. But I'm closer to God than I've ever been. And I'm less tempted than I've ever been. Now, because I've said those words, he's going to come after me, I know. (laughs) But I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit to give me the power to overcome. And he will give each and every one of us the power to overcome. And so I want you to join with me uh, over the next three weeks and and do this little, little test, if you will. Uh, ladies in the auditorium, you guys do a great job at journaling, and probably most of you have a journal of some kind. Guys, if you have a journal, more power to you. I wouldn't tell anybody, but that's okay. (laughs) Just kidding. I've got journals myself. You may want to use your Bible right in the margins. But I want you to really think about over the next three weeks, moments when you feel the Holy Spirit has moved you to do something. And so maybe as you're driving down the road and you're listening to Christian radio, there's a song that really speaks to you. Maybe so much that it moves you to tears. Maybe it jumps out at you and it makes you think about something going on in your life that you really need to repair, fix. Maybe it's a relationship. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through Christian music. And so maybe write that down, the the song, the time, the place. Maybe as you read the word of God, there's a verse that just leaps off the page at you. And it means something different for you. I've never seen that before quite like that. Or or it moves you to think about other things going on in your life. Take the time to write that down because that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. In your prayer life, you're praying and someone's name comes to mind. And you pray for them and their family or the scenario that they're in right now. Guess what? That's the Holy Spirit working in your life, prompting you to remember things going on around you. Maybe someone gives you some godly advice that really helps you in a decision that you're working through. Write down when the conversation happened and and who you talked to. Maybe you're really busy like the rest of us, but you stop somewhere in your schedule to help someone out. You see, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I think you'll find over the next three weeks that the Holy Spirit is more active in your life than you ever thought. He's moving you to be the person God's called you to be. And so I invite you into that that story to let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you and to know that within you, 
is the supernatural power of God to overcome the temptation that comes your way. You see, you and I are under no obligation to listen to the script of the enemy. He wants us to pull, pull us away from that relationship with Jesus Christ. We're under no obligation to follow him because now you and I, we are a child of the almighty God. We are a child of the king of kings. He is the greatest power in all of the universe. And he will provide ways out for us that we never knew existed when we tap in to his Holy Spirit that lives within us. You and I, we're a child of the most high God. He desperately pursues you. And he wants you to feel his presence in your life. To know the change that he can make in your life for positive. He wants to help you combat the temptation that Satan throws our way. And that you and I are under no obligation to take into our life. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back to the stage at this time. Our shepherds and their wives will be gathered around the wall of this room as we do every Sunday. And as we sing this song, maybe there's someone in this room that that needs prayer. Maybe you need some hands laid on you, you need a blessing, you you need to know which direction you need to go at this stage of your life. And our shepherds will be there to talk to you, to pray with you, to bless you. Maybe in your life you've never been baptized and so you've never received that Holy Spirit within you and you want to have access to God and his supernatural power through the Holy Spirit. And this morning you can be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ and receive that indwelling of the Spirit. My hope is that you won't leave this place today without making yourself right with God and acknowledging the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's stand and sing together.